This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, well, I can't say as always today because Brandon Swanson is not with me today. Cue the laugh track or the crying baby track that we have here at MVP because Brandon didn't want to talk draft. I said, dude, we got to talk NFL draft. Brandon said, that's not my style. You can do it on your own. However, I am not alone today. Ricky Widmer is never really alone. And today on the podcast, I've got a special guest with me, Anthony from Anthony James TV. After you're done listening to this podcast, of course, you can go ahead and check out all his draft videos and scouting videos, wrestling videos that he has down below. I put his channel link in the description. Anthony, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Ricky. Yeah, uh, Anthony James TV. I've been making some NFL draft videos, so I, I think I have a good knowledge here with the NFL draft media and all that's going on this draft season. And this is the week to talk about it. We are now sitting here, actually Monday, you can kind of say evening, maybe early afternoon, and we're sitting here on Monday. We're going to be talking draft, get you guys ready for the NFL draft. That starts this Thursday with round one. We're going to talk about some wide receivers, then go on into Derek Henry, and then we are going to cap everything off with a little bit of draft sleepers. But we got to start with these wide receivers, Anthony. And the big thing to me is it all starts at the top. It all starts with the head honcho for the kind of wide receiver position and that's Laquan Treadwell because to me he's the he's arguably I I can't even say arguably he is the best wide receiver in this draft class and usually you would see that and go oh well he's a top 10 pick no doubt but the thing with Treadwell that I find funny is there's mock drafts that you look at and they have him going some have him going to like the Giants some have him going to the Lions and Todd McShay this past week had him dropping all the way to, and I can say, our Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. I think, I think, and I'm kind of surprised with this, teams are just afraid of how slow he is. Because I look back at 2013, you have Tavon Austin, you have Cordero Patterson. Big reasons both of them were drafted where they were was because of how fast they are. And how has that really worked out? Cordero Patterson's probably not a Viking after this uh, upcoming season's over. And Tavon Austin, I can't envision him as a number one, and he was drafted in the first round. As important as speed is, when you have a guy that's as talented and most importantly as young as Laquan Treadwell, if I have a high pick and wide receiver is one of my biggest needs, I have a hard time passing on Laquan Treadwell. He can develop into that top guy. He might not be the fastest out there, but Allen Robinson's been doing a good job, and he's not the fastest wide receiver out there. Yeah, I think and he- I- I mean, the one thing I'm going to jump in is, and with me, the reason why at first, I think it was my last mock draft before the 4.1 I came out with, I thought he'd be a great fit for the Detroit Lions because, I mean, they lose Calvin Johnson, and now, boom, you have a chance at 15 potentially to take Treadwell, and boom, right there, you're replacing your number one receiver. And, I mean, that's not saying that Golden Tate 
is not a number one receiver, but you get kind of the same receiver that Calvin Johnson was. Definitely. I, if I'm the Lions, I mean, they spent big money on wide receiver and free agency, which I still think was dumb. But they need to get somebody opposite Golden Tate because the wide receivers they have right now, they're not, they can't replace what Calvin Johnson was. When you have someone as young as Laquan Treadwell, frankly, he's worth that risk to me in round one, especially if you're the Lions. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking right now, you mentioned kind of Treadwell's speed and his 40 time right now at the pro day result, because he didn't run at the combine, his 40 on the pro day was a 4.63. And then for everyone that's probably out there saying, well, Ricky, the 40 yard dashes and everything, his 20 yard shuffle was 4.29. And I mean, Four six isn't bad for a wide receiver. I still think that he's definitely going to be taken at number one. And I looked at Todd McShay's mock draft, and I saw him going to the Vikings, and I kind of shook my head because I'm like, he ain't going to drop that far. But then I'm like, you know what? I'll take it. If he drops to 23, the Vikings would take it. I don't even know if the Houston Texans could pass him up right before the Vikings, but I mean, the Texans, Vikings, and Bengals, he ain't going to get anywhere past 22, 23, 24. That's if he goes that low, because all three of those teams need a wide receiver. He's going to be the best available at that position. However, I don't know about you, Anthony. I'm going to ask you what you think right next, but I think he doesn't even get past the Giants or the Lions. I actually think he falls. I I envision... I will say this, if the Vikings draft him at 23, which I hope happens, I won't be surprised. I think there's a very good chance Laquan Treadwell falls. For some reason, you have guys like Josh Dotson and Will Fuller who are just jumping up and people are having them go ahead of Treadwell. I can envision that happening. I think a lot of people believe that Treadwell won't compliment DeAndre Hopkins and they're looking for more like a fast guy like Corey Coleman. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I won't be surprised if the Vikings pick him at 23. Cool, and that's, like, for the Vikings, if there's any team in this entire draft that kind of fits what Treadwell could do best, it's the Vikings, because Mm -hmm. our best wide receiver right now is Stephon Diggs, and I don't have to tell you that, Anthony, because you know as well as I do that our best receiver is Stephon Diggs, Mm -hmm. and Diggs ain't really that kind of deep, that true deep ball threat. He's a quality number one, but he's a guy where it's like, you know what, he's going to work the middle a little bit. We need that guy who is going to be able to get separation, get the deep balls, be what Randy Moss, I mean, you can't replace Randy Moss, what he Mm -hmm. was to the league, but that kind of a player, the take the ball deep, take the top off the defense players. And that's why I think, like you mentioned, a Will Fuller. He That's the definition of Will Fuller. He can get separation. He can throw the deep ball. I mean, Early in the season when um, Notre Dame played Virginia, he had that game where I believe that was the game Malik Zaire got injured and the backup came in and threw a bomb to him, a deep ball bomb in the end zone to win that game. I mean, Corey Coleman, the same thing in that Baylor Bears kind of a spread where he's a deep ball threat. And then Josh Doxson, who to me, if I were... If I were to rank them and you said, Ricky, you can't put Laquan Treadwell at number one, I would possibly say Coleman at number one, Treadwell at two, 
Fuller, and then Doxson. That would be my ranking if I couldn't put Treadwell at number one. I think I think the depth at wide receivers, obviously not as great as we've had the last couple years, but I think after the first round, you're going to have a harder time finding the talent there at wide receiver. That's why I think the Vikings need to they need to take a wide receiver because if they're not, they're not finding the number one mm-hmm. later in the draft. At least I don't think they will. I really like Corey Coleman. I think that teams, which I think is ridiculous, will avoid him in the draft because of his size because he's only 5'10". Mm-hmm. He's a guy that I think could be the best wide receiver in this draft class. I think he, he's got to go to a system that fits him. And as much as I would like to see the Vikings draft him, I don't know if he will or if they will because I don't think he'll fit what the Vikings want. But I think if he goes to Houston, I think if he goes to Cincinnati, he would be the perfect fit next to either Hopkins or A.J. Green. I think he could be a steal for them. Uh, I think Josh Dotson, which I'm surprised not a lot of people agree with me, I think he's one of the more overrated wide receivers in this draft class. I think for what his production is, what his age is, it's good if the Vikings draft him in the first round. I don't think I'd be upset, but he's number three to me in my rankings. And he can catch, he's a good red zone threat. He can get touchdowns, but I think compared to Coleman, compared to Laquan Treadwell, he's mm-hmm. just not there. Yeah, and I mean, in I'm going to reference my, my latest mock draft and kind of mention Todd McShay's here. Out of these next, I'm going to call them tier two but not really mean it as like a huge step off because I mean, Laquan Treadwell is in my mind, in my personal mind, the true number one tier one. And then these next three, I call them tier two because they're so close and they're so close to me to where those three picks 22, 23, 24, they're all going to go, but who goes first? And to me, I think, and, I'm going to ask you if you agree because we're both Vikings fans. I think we can kind of both agree that Will Fuller may be the best fit for what the Vikings are looking for just because of his separation skills and his big play ability. It, am, I, am I wrong in saying that, Anthony? No, I, I completely agree with you. I think between Coleman, Fuller, and Dotson, I think if the Vikings had to pick one of those three, I think that it's Fuller. I think he fits what they need the most, and I won't. I won't be upset if the Vikings. I, he won't be my ideal pick, mm-hmm. but I won't be upset if the Vikings got him. And the one thing, the way I have it is Coleman, Fuller, and Doxon. Boom, boom, boom. Twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four to the Texans, Vikings, and Bengals. And the way I see it is the reason why some people may be higher on Josh Doxon is because look at the wide receivers, and to me. Being living in the city of Chicago, I mean, you you say that like, oh well, Josh Doxson is numbers, but I see six two, and I see that he's got big hands and he's a leaper, and my first thought thinks Alshon Jeffrey, and that's what people are going to compare it to. They're going to look at, well, look at the tall receivers that the Bears had when they had Marshall and Jeffrey and Cutler just had to throw it up, and they had to jump up and get it. That's why people may look at Doxon and not Coleman. However, Coleman, you say, yeah, he is a little undersized at 5'10". However, I don't think that's a thing to 
knock him. I think he could be a quality number two. Like, I mean, to me, if he had to step in and be the number one receiver, sure, he could go ahead and be that number one receiver. However, I feel like he would benefit better from a Texan system, not just because he would stay in the state of Texas, but because then he could be the number two to DeAndre Hopkins. I agree. I think that the Texans would be crazy to pass him up. I think Corey Coleman is the perfect wide receiver next to Hopkins. Hopkins is more of a taller guy who's going to catch the ball just up in the air, like you were saying with Jeffrey and all that. But I think Corey Coleman has the speed. He can be a slot guy if they need him to. And I, I think he's just the perfect wide receiver to be paired next to DeAndre Hopkins. I think the Texans would love to have that. Okay, and we're going to wrap up the wide receiver talk with there's a couple wide receivers that we could see day two, day three that I kind of want to mention here. And the first one I have to mention is he's probably going to be the biggest wide receiver pickup of either day two or day three but it's got to be Broxton Miller. And to me, it's after you get past the Treadwell, Coleman, Doxon, Fuller, yes, there's a huge drop-off, but there are some gems in this wide receiver class, some guys that have potential to be something special. Broxton Miller is one of them. He's what I just, like, he's what I describe as that offensive weapon. However, are you going to be the kind of player you were in Ohio State having those video game like spin moves or are we going to see another offensive weapon like I think of um, DeAnthony Thomas coming out of Oregon that guy who everyone described him as oh he's an offensive weapon goes to the Chiefs and then it's like well we don't really know how to use that in Mm -hmm. the NFL we've got Miller though we've got Farrell Cooper the guy from South Carolina Michael Thompson another Ohio State wide receiver, and then even Tyler Boyd from uh, Pittsburgh. These are guys that I don't know about if you've watched much of their film, Anthony, but to me, these are guys, especially Miller, that could be key grabs for teams in the day two, day three variety. Yeah, I got to I gotta start with like you did with Braxton Miller. I, I actually just finished last night watching Michael Thomas's uh, film, and I kept thinking to myself, who am I watching, Braxton or Michael Thomas? Because mm-hmm. even though I was watching specifically Michael Thomas, I still saw Braxton Miller, uh, uh, Braxton Miller break out and make some plays. I think he, for me, if I'm a team that hasn't picked a wide receiver and needs to, I think he's the one that could be the best of the day two, day three draft picks. And I think it's worth the risk in round two, round three, if a team need if if a team needs to. I think after quarterback, wide receiver is one of the most reached positions. So you're gonna see teams reach. And I think Braxton Miller, if I'm gonna reach on a wide receiver on day two, he's the guy I'm gonna go with. Michael Thomas, I remember back in January when these mocks first started coming out, I saw a lot of people saying he would go to the Vikings and he just kind of fell. And like I said, I finished watching him last night. He wasn't that great. Uh, He's not, I think he could be good. I think he'd be a solid number two. But if you're drafting him as a number one, you're asking for trouble. And I think Tyler Boyd, he was the first wide receiver I watched. 
he he's a fast guy. He's he's that slot guy. I can envision him as a slot wide receiver. And if a team needs a slot wide receiver, I think a day two, early day three pick is a good spot for Tyler Boyd. And I think a team would get what they need in Tyler Boyd as a slot wide as a slot wide receiver. Well, and I totally agree. And the thing I think of with Boyd is we actually had a comment on my mock draft on YouTube where one of our faithful followers, it was Michael Vasquez, that's who it was, um, commented, and he's a huge, Mike's a huge Redskin fan. If you've ever hung out in the comment section, you guys know this. However, the one thing that he liked was, um, it was an error on my part. I forgot to put the 53rd pick in, just copying things over because I had to do an update to my 4.0 because of the Eagles-Browns trade, but at 53, I had Boyd going to the Redskins. And the way I saw it was, yeah, they could they technically need wide receiver help, but they have Deshaun Jackson and um, Pierre Garçon who can really be one and twos, and you don't have you don't need Boyd to step in and be that one or that two. So Boyd could be that quality three behind it. I mean, I guess you could say aging Deshaun Jackson or an aging Pierre Garçon. But for me, the way I see these wide receivers kind of playing out is Braxton Miller, do I want him to be the first wide receiver off the board after round one? Yes, I do, but I think teams are going to shy away from him. I got Michael Thomas going to the Cowboys just because I think the Cowboys are going to panic. Connor Cook's going to go before them. They're not going to be able to get that quarterback at 34 in steps Michael Thomas. Then I've got Tyler Boyd at 53, like I said, to the Redskins. And then my shock pick is 59, the Kansas City Chiefs, going with Action Braxton Miller. I think for if you have the Redskins, if you do get Tyler Boyd, I think that's perfect. It would remind me of what the Falcons did last year when they got Mm -hmm. Justin Hardy. And I think it would work. I think that would be a good spot for Tyler Boyd to go to, and I think that would be a team that – shouldn't use a first round pick on wide receiver they have other needs but it's still a big enough need to where I think if they draft Tyler Boyd I think it'd be worth the pick okay we're going to move on we've spent a plethora of time talking about wide receivers but it's good conversation this is that was actually the first time on a podcast we just looked at a position and just went head on and dove right into the the position pool, which was wide receiver, but we're going to take a different kind of spin with the next segment on the podcast. And we're going to look at one player in particular, and that is Derrick Henry. If you guys have listened to primetime podcasts or the onside kick or anything here on most valuable podcast, you know that, I mean, we, we love talking about Ezekiel Elliott and he's the best running back off the board. But Derrick Henry is still a guy that teams can go ahead and grab maybe round two, round three. Anthony, I'm going to kick it off to you first. What do you think? What's your first thoughts when it comes to Derrick Henry come draft weekend? I don't think he's a day one pick. I think that, and it's unfortunate how devalued the running back positions become. And unless you have a Todd Gurley or Ezekiel Elliott-esque talent, 
it's going to be hard for them to draft in the first round. That's why I was so against Melvin Gordon to the Chargers last year. I didn't think he was that good. But to get back to Derrick Henry, you're talking about a good player. He did well in Alabama. I think I think if I'm a team with a need in round two for a running back, I have a hard time passing on him. I think he's definitely up there as one of the – He, I mean, he's the second best running back, no doubt about it. And nowadays, I think teams are more willing to be a two-back system. I think Derrick Henry could be a running back who is just alone. He could be like the Adrian Peterson, the Todd Gurley. I don't mean as good as them, but I mean the fact that he can do it by himself. He doesn't need somebody else to help him. It doesn't. It's not like Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata were when AP was gone, where they had to split the carries. He can take the carries himself, and I think he can be a solid running back. If I'm the Dolphins and he's available in round two, I am running up there and writing Derrick Henry. I think he'd be perfect for them. I don't know if he makes it that far, though. See, I am i don't know what to think about Derrick Henry when it comes to where he's going to go because earlier in this draft season, it was early February or mid-February, you could say, I did a only did two of them this year because of time constraint reasons, but I took a look at Derrick Henry's film, and I'm going to leave that link down below in the description in case you guys want to check that out. But to me, when it comes to Derrick Henry, yes, he's got the size, he's got the stamina, comes up in big-time big opportunities, you can call him clutch, and he's definitely a power runner. However, the things that I just was like, a little eh about was it seemed like in his runs, his foot quickness wasn't what you see with some other running backs. And he's not a back that's going to accelerate like that and just boom, right through the line. It takes him a little while to get up to that top speed. And I mean, that kind of plays into his power kind of style of running. But the thing I think of is how is this going to how is he going to move that into the NFL? Because we've seen Alabama power runners who do well. Look at Mark Ingram. However, we've, or you could throw Eddie Lacy out there too. However, we've seen Alabama runners who have not done that well. Look at Trent Richardson. And in my mock draft, I really wanted to have the Dolphins take Derrick Henry. But I couldn't. I, I I was like I was sitting there going, eh, do I have them take Derrick Henry? Do I have them go with someone else? The running back I had them going with was at pick number seventy three. So this was even in the third round. I had him going with Kenneth Dixon. And the reason why I had him going with Kenneth Dixon is because three picks before them the Baltimore Ravens took Derrick Henry. And that may be a surprise. I mean, they have Forsett. They have um, Talia Farrow, who did well last season. They just signed the Abford mentioned Trent Richardson. But Derrick Henry, to me, could be a good fit for that Baltimore style. Because, I mean, you look at what Ray Rice was to that team. Ray Rice was never the, boom, I'm going to get you out of the gate right away um, 
fastest running back in the NFL. He often had to stop, change directions. He had the little tripod move because of his height where he kind of put his hand on the ground to create that tripod with his legs and his arm. I think Derrick Henry, too, wouldn't have to start right away in Baltimore, which could be a good thing for him because I don't think Derrick Henry is going to come into this league and be what Todd Gurley was to, let's say, the Rams last season. Yeah, definitely. I think I don't think we're going to be talking about Rookie of the Year with Derrick Henry, uh, but I think he can get the job done. I think he'll be better than what Melvin Gordon was to the Chargers last year. And I think there's some teams out there with a need at running back, like the Dolphins. If they don't draft him in the, if they don't draft Ezekiel Elliott in the first round, the Giants. And if I'm a team like that, I have a hard time passing off the Heisman Trophy winner. I really do. I think he can. Uh, Alabama. I think he can do it. I. I don't think he'll be considered one of the better running backs in the NFL once it's all said and done. But I think he'll be one of the, he'll be the running back who can do it himself. But I don't know. I don't think we'll be talking about one of the best running backs in the NFL. Where do you think he goes? Do you Are you going to stick with that kind of, I think it was a half pick you gave like a few moments ago where are you saying, let's say, boom, third round if he goes there, 73, he'll be going to the Dolphins. Yep. I think the Dolphins. Dolphins would be crazy to pass him up. I think I think the Dolphins are the perfect pick for him. Well, and I mean the one thing, I'm throwing this in at the very end before we get to our sleepers to close off the podcast, but I, I couldn't I couldn't go two seconds. I couldn't go one podcast without mentioning Ezekiel Elliott, but do the Dolphins wait and go Henry later, or does Zeke slide and the Dolphins take Zeke at 13? That's another thing that could happen. I don't I can't see it happening. I think the I think if the Giants are there and Ezekiel Elliott is there, they have to pick him. I maybe the Bears would take him. That's I who I've that's got. Big maybe. That's exactly I who I have. The Chicago Bears taking Ezekiel Elliott. I feel they're happy with their running back position. That's why I think they like Jeremy Langford. I I think the Giants the Giants have been the team I've been Almost every mock I've done, I've had the Giants take him. Mm -hmm. And I just can't see – I shouldn't say I can't because it's the running back position. But I think he goes in the top ten, and I think the Giants are as far as he'll drop. I think the Dolphins will have to trade up if they want Elliott, which I don't think is necessarily bad. Well, and it's funny that you say that because I am going to read this verbatim before we get into our sleepers to close this off. When I made the pick – of Zeke to the Bears in my 4.1 mock draft. I said, and I quote, I think it'd be wise for Chicago to try and trade back with someone, <coughs> Miami, <coughs> who needs a running back. I don't think he gets past 11 because I think the Bears would be wise enough. Yeah, I have him going with the pick. That's because I wasn't doing trades in my mock draft. The Bears would be wise to say, hey, Zeke's there. Miami, what are you going to give us for him? What are you going to give us for him because they don't really need Hargraves who will probably go to the Saints then and they can get a guy like Leonard Floyd that I know some Bears fans hate that Leonard Floyd is being projected to the Bears but they just need a pass rusher in the biggest way. But we are going to move on to our final subject of the podcast and 
we're going to be talking a little bit of draft sleepers. And this is something that we haven't talked about much on the channel just because it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? It's not as easy to look at sleepers as it is in the NBA because there's only two rounds. But, Anthony, I'm going to let you kick it off first. Who are your biggest sleepers in the NFL draft? I got to start out with someone we talked about him already, but I can't stress enough. Okay. Braxton Miller. He's a guy, not a first-round talent, maybe not a second-round, and maybe not a second-day talent. I could see a scenario where he falls out of the second, uh, or out of the second and third round. I don't think it happens, but it could. I think he's one that if you look at somebody who could become a starting caliber wide receiver, really good at his position, he's the guy I need to go with. I think he do. I think what he can do, he can do a really good job at. Uh, I got to go with Cardell Jones as well at quarterback. A big reason, which I still don't get why he didn't do this. He could have went out for the draft last year. He should have. He didn't. He should have. He went out. Yeah, he could have been a first round talent. Mm-hmm. And that weak quarterback class, a team would have taken a chance. On dollar him. dollar bill, y'all. Dollar dollar bill, exactly. y'all. And now he's probably he's definitely going to be a day three talent. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes round five. Really? I, it's a quarterback. Round five? Yeah. I, I can see him falling that far. Wow. I have, a, I, okay, mine's a little, I'm throwing this in there, just a little snippet. This may mm-hmm. be like a, Ricky, what are you thinking about? But I have him number round three, 92 overall to the Cardinals. That's where I had I, him I, in my last mock draft. I could see teams doing that. I could see a team taking him that high, and I don't think that's bad. I think that's a good pick. But what I've noticed in recent years, quarterbacks have just kind of fallen down, and Mm -hmm. if you're not drafted high, you can fall quick. Last year is the perfect example of it. You only had two quarterbacks go on day two, and I think nine were drafted total. Yep. Uh, The year before, A.J. McCarron shocked. He fell to the fifth round. Zach uh, Mettenberg, he fell to round six. I think Cardell Jones is a quarterback who could fit that falling down to day five. I don't think it's out of the possibility that it could happen. No, for me, the big sleeper and with Cardell, I'll I'll just say this before I get to one of my sleepers. The thing I do not like about Cardell Jones is like, if you look at him and then look at Christian Hackenberg, I see a leader. I'm a huge guy where the quarterback has to be a leader. That's the main reason I don't like Jay Cutler is he just doesn't look like a leader to me. And he has that. I don't care attitude. Cardell doesn't look like a leader to me. And I know the one thing that Mark um, Weber, the onside kick had brought up in our last podcast was dude got benched in or in college. So how's that going to play out in the NFL if you weren't like, yeah, you won a national championship in three games, but dude got benched the next season. That kind of puts on a negative spin to it. My sleeper, my number one sleeper, I should say, I got to hit a disclaimer before I say it. If you listen to the onside kick or the primetime podcast, you know me. I love my Illinois fighting Illini, and I think I have them going round, end of round two, 61st overall to the New England Patriots. I think Jihad Ward is going to be something in the NFL. 
maybe not as big as our last number one, our last first round talent that went the highest in Whitney Marcellus. But I just, I like what Ward brought to this Illini team that watching them every single Saturday, there were times where I just wanted to say, fuck it. I am not a fan anymore, but he brought this like run stopping defensive end. He's a guy that can go after and get the ball and this is a team in the Patriots that, hey, you can take this run-stopping defensive end and put him up against Matt Forte with the Jets and LaShawn McCoy with the Bills. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I'm going to reverse the question. Somebody I wouldn't touch that I think could go round one, Okay, I would not I wouldn't touch this guy. I don't care where. Maybe day three if he fell this far. Connor Cook. What I you wouldn't him, touch him. I wouldn't touch him hmm. on day one, day two. I think the earliest I draft him is round four. Why? You mentioned it. He's not a leader, and I don't like his. He's not. His stats don't jump out at me. I don't like the way he acts. The way he acted. What was it after? It was what after the what was it the Big Ten championship or the their last yeah, bowl game? I think so that really showed to me what he is. I when you draft a quarterback, you are drafting the leader of your team. I don't think he's the leader of your team. He's a guy. His stats didn't jump out to me. He's okay, but could he develop? I think he could. I don't know if he's. I don't think I'd take him in round one, two, or three. Yeah, I mean, take him that high, you're assuming he's going to be your guy. Yeah, Connor Cook to me is a guy that I had him in my last mock draft going pick number one, day two, round two to the Cleveland Browns. And the reason why I had that pick was Connor Cook is a guy where he could come into Cleveland and not necessarily have to win that job. Because they have RG3. Now, you could be on the side of the jokes that I have made, the seri- the seri- the seriousness side of Mark Weber when he says it of, well, how many games is RG3 actually going to play because he's probably going to get injured. But Connor Cook needs to go to a team that he's not going to be expected to start right away. And one guy, I'm going to kind of flip that question and answer the same thing. One guy that I would not touch round one. However, I do feel like he is going to go in the first round is Paxton Lynch. He's one. I wouldn't touch him. I mean, I know early on I was like, oh, he's the he's the best ranked quarterback. And then I watched Carson Wentz's film and I went, Paxton who? Paxton who? Get him out of here. Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than him, but another guy, and this is, you're going to say, well, Ricky, duh, you wouldn't touch him. Could be a sleeper pick in later rounds, but I wouldn't touch him in the first round. I had him going 46th to the Detroit Lions, but Robert Kemdichie, we know the story at this point. We know what happened. Not a, not a look you want for your team. Is someone eventually going to pick him up? Yes. But I would not touch that guy. Just to go off of your question, I would not touch Kemdichi anywhere near the first round. 
he's having a Randy Gregory type story where he was, mm-hmm. he was supposed to go pretty high and he's just fallen off the face of the earth. He was supposed to yeah, be like he, a top three pick. Yeah. He was supposed to go really high. And I, I, I think you're right. I think round two, somebody's going to take him just like Gregory did last year, but he's not first round talent. Definitely not anymore. Well, and I mean, the thing I look at is Randy Gregory is actually the, the best kind of analogy at this point, because at first, like before the the stories came out where his combine interview wasn't so great and um, just his attitudes towards the whole thing, like in interviews, he tried throwing Laramie Tunsil under the bus to where it was like, well, you know, Laramie was there. It's like, really, dude? Now you're trying to throw your own ex-teammate under the bus who at the time was being rated as the number one overall pick to the Tennessee Titans. So I kind of look at it, and yet again at 46, I look at Detroit, and I said, you know what? They've kind of dealt with their bad boys in the middle with uh, Nadamik and Dirty Sue. And, I mean, Nick Fairley wasn't too dirty of a player. It was more Nadamik and Sue. But, I mean, that could be the perfect team for him because they just know how to handle that kind of just negative player. But kind of to go back to the sleeper side of it. I'm going to pick a guy that I, well, two guys that I had going 97 and 98 overall in the draft that I think could be sleepers if they go to the right team. The first one is Notre Notre Dame CJ Proceis. To me, I feel like if he goes 97th where I have him going to Seattle, does he need to be the star running back right away for the Seahawks? No, but this gives them the option of, okay, we lost Marshawn Lynch. Our next running back in Rawls could be leaving, I think it's next year or the year after. Procise gives them a guy that's kind of a little bit, I mean, he is six foot two twenties, which is to me a good size for a runner and he's a physical runner and that is what you want. Yeah, he's kind of upright right now, but he's a physical runner and that is what you want if you're the Seahawks. You want a guy that's going to come in and just fit that mold of beast mode who just left your team. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then and then the one guy I'll throw out there is Kenyon Drake to the Broncos at 98. I forgot to say him. So Procise and Drake later in the like end of the third round. Now you can go, Anthony. All right. I think sticking at quarterback for me, I think Jacob Coker, I believe that's how you say his name, yeah, from Alabama. Jake the Snake Coker. I think A.J. McCarron has done all right for himself. He was my number four quarterback in mm-hmm. 2014. And I think if given the chance, he could be a decent starting quarterback in the NFL. Now I don't know how Coker will do. I don't know if he will be – a solid, I don't know if he's going to be like a starter, but I think a team's going to draft him day three, probably late. He could definitely be one of the better backups in the league. He could be that Brian Hoyer type of quarterback where mm-hmm. he's a good good quarterback. He can start, not ideal, but he can start. And when you're drafting somebody this late, I think I think if you can get a guy who's a good backup quarterback, and if you need to, a starting quarterback, that's great. I mean, look at how the Cowboys were last year with Tony Romo. You might need that guy. And I think he'd be better than the 
many, many starting quarterbacks the Cowboys had last year. Yeah, to me, I mean, with Jake Coker, my big thing is it, it's kind of the whole Alabama kind of scheme of it where quarterbacks come out of Alabama, it's kind of like, okay, that's cool, I guess, where, I mean, A.J. McCarron obviously gets drafted by the Bengals where he's there's no question that Andy Dalton was going to be the starter over him. If Jake can kind of find himself in a similar situation, maybe like like we mentioned with McCarron or like Garoppolo in New England where he comes right behind the GOAT, Tom Brady, I'm going to throw out a quarterback because you threw out one is Brandon Daughtry, the guy from Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers. This guy's going to go late as well, maybe even he may go later than Jay Coker just because he's from Western Kentucky. But seeing this guy, and I know it was only one game, but seeing this guy play against my fighting Illini, man, do I like this kid. I like the arm he has. I like the composure he has. He's coming out of college as a redshirt senior, so he has that experience behind him. Is he going to be a great kind of a player in the NFL? Who knows? I think the potential is high with this kid where, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it, could get drafted in the sixth round, and we all know about quarterbacks being the greatest of all time being drafted in the sixth round. So, I mean, it could happen. I'm going to ask you about one quarterback, though, before we wrap up this podcast. Okay. Vernon Adams comes into Oregon last year, transfers in, kind of a flash in the pan. Oregon, not as good as it was with Super Mariota at the helm. What do you think for Vernon Adams? Right now, CBS has him as a seventh round or a free agent. Does he get drafted, or will Vernon Adams be a rook undrafted free agent who gets cut in training camp? Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting cut in training camp, even if he's drafted in seven or six, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he's... I, I love drafting quarterbacks round six and seven because you don't need to expect much from them, but they can be a solid player potentially. I mean, he that, that's what he had, a solid season. It wasn't anything that would be drafting him super high, but he could be a good backup. He could be a solid backup. I think he's going to be one where he's not going to be the sole backup for a team next season. He'll probably be the third-string quarterback or maybe a practice squad, a practice squad player. But he could develop into being that backup guy. I don't think he's going to develop into a starting-type quarterback in the NFL. But I think he can develop into a solid backup where if your team's missing your starting quarterback for a couple weeks, it's not the worst thing having Vernon Adams start for you. Yeah, well, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because he's a guy where it's like, wow, he was expected to do so great at Oregon and then kind of didn't, but... That's going to wrap it up here for the Primetime Podcast this week. I want to thank Anthony from Anthony James TV for coming on the podcast and talking a little NFL draft with me because, you know, Brandon's useless here because he hates. I don't know how you can hate the NFL draft, Anthony. It's like only communists hate the NFL draft. Am I right? Oh, you're right. I've been all I've been thinking about for probably the past month is NFL draft, and it's finally, finally coming upon us. Yeah, me too. I love any kind of draft season, but go ahead and click the link down in the description. Go check out 
Anthony on his channel, Anthony James TV. You can also go and check out the special little one-shot segment that we did for the NFL Draft on Anthony's channel. He's also got some cool scouting videos to get you guys ready for the NFL Draft. That's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast. If you're listening on SoundCloud, go ahead, hit that little heart button, that repost button, and go ahead, share it to all your friends and family. If you're on YouTube, go ahead, of course, like and subscribe. We're trying to get to more and more subscribers, and also go out and subscribe to Anthony on Anthony James TV. Another thank you for Anthony James. You can follow me on Twitter at Ricky Widmer. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Same thing on Snapchat. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.